Welcome back, everybody, to the Strictly MMA Talk Show. As always, both your hosts, James and Nate. Nate, how we doing over there, baby? We're doing fantastic, Mr. James. I'm really excited about this week's card. I think there's a lot, a lot, almost too much money to be made on Saturday, James. The the odds makers are teasing us. They're making some sweet selections, and I'm going to figure out how we can find our way to the green, baby. What about yourself? I, might, I mean, I'm going to play some money now. I might get in the there. Bank account. Get in there. You just let it sing, dude. Absolutely, let it sing all over this card. We'll we'll get into it a little bit later, man. Uh, weather check, San Diego. How is it out there? You know, it's funny you say that. Today was the first cloudy day I've had. Since I've been here, it was. I mean, the sun still came out. It's still here. Dude, but it pack up the bags, come back home. <laughs> come one back day, one you just see two clouds. Yeah, it was a little. I mean, I woke up a little chilly. It was like seventy. It was a little, a little chilly. I was like, oh, I might, I might need a sweatshirt to, to walk uh-huh. to the car. Yeah, yeah. Let me go grab my light. What is that's? It's gonna be the thinnest uh, sweater I've ever seen. This is like fake denim. Yeah, so that's what, that wash denim you look like you're uh you know you're you're blended in chameleon style with the San Diego v- vibes there. Thinking about dyeing my hair blonde, just going dyeing your hair no, blonde. No. Interesting. Uh yeah. There might have to be a line drawn, but whatever you want to do, man, I'm gonna support you. So We're full San Diego. Is the, the blonde hair is a big thing out there? I don't know, but Trey has blonde hair, so I just, I'm just guessing that's just what we're supposed to do. So just okay, you got to hit him up, dude. You just got to blend in. Might be coming out. I don't know. The Punchless Boys or just yep, Dale. Yep. Special episode. Special yeah. episode here. Keep going. But I don't know if I don't know if they're. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have no idea if both of them are coming on or just Dale or none of them. So yes, it will be a lot of options. A lot of options. But you know, we just kind of roll with the punches here. Uh, punch list lol and if they come on great if not we'll catch them next time but before we jump into this week's card james i believe you wanted to talk about mr Mahachev. we gotta talk about him we didn't talk about him on monday we had Derek minner on if you guys haven't seen that please go check that out Derek minner gonna do big things this weekend very big um Islam Makachev. So, uh, plenty of people talked about this, so we won't beat this dead horse. But him and Thiago Moises, I really, Nate, I I really believed this fight was going to be closer than it was. Like I had Islam winning. I thought Islam was going to be control of the fight, but it was an absolute landslide of a victory for Islam Makachev. He made Thiago Moises look like the easiest fight in the lightweight division, and Thiago Moises is not even no very good. He is very good. He's very good. <laughs> yes. Like, damn, man. I mean, I saw he was bumped into the top five. What do you What do you think about that? I got a, I got a few DMs actually from people complaining that Islam is now in the top five of the lightweight right. Well, that is news to me, man. I didn't catch that uh, news in the top five. Oh, I'm get, dude. Let Let it rip on your end because I want to look at the rankings and then I'll I'll give you a better picture here. I think it makes sense from a skill perspective. But I totally understand the arguments like, well, his resume isn't the same as some other guys. I'm like, very true. How's it going? Not his fault, as we as everyone always says. Exact took the words out of my mouth, man. Like mm-hmm. again, I don't think it's his fault. Like, I think he's very willing to fight. If everything him and the American Kickboxing Academy is saying, 
is true, which it, I feel like it is. Like, I don't think Habib would let him duck fights. Habib wouldn't be like, oh, we're not going to fight all these guys. Like, that's not – Habib's never been like that. And so I imagine he not letting Islam be like that either. Like, I believe him when he said, hey, like, we want to fight all these people and they don't want to fight me. I mean, who wants it? You think, like, this whole notion, like, Habib leaves and you're like, yes, don't have to deal with this again. Here comes Islam knocking on the door. Now you got to deal with it all over again. Like, who, nobody wants to deal with it. I don't know. No, to- totally right, man. I mean, Islam Mahachev uh, is sitting at number five. If you're pissed off about that, do you think Islam Mahachev beats Tony Ferguson? Yes. Yes. Do you think Islam Mahachev beats RDA? Yes. Yes, you do. Do you think Islam Mahachev beats Dan Hooker? Yes. Yes. Do you think Islam Mahachev beats Conor McGregor? Yes. Uh, Gregor Gillespie? Yes. I feel like that's that would be a fun fight. That would be a fun fight because Gregor has super good wrestling, but I still think Islam would take control. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's the top 10 right there. And I think, you know, Islam beats all those people. So I think five is a good, is a good spot. Like, exactly. Like, I don't really, I, I had a lot of people DMing strictly about it. And like, what the fuck is Islam? He's being overhyped. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, to be fair, I thought a couple fights ago, maybe he could have been overhyped. But just seeing what he, he just did to Drew Dober and what he just did to Thiago Moises, where he made them look kind of lost in there. These are two guys that don't get lost very often. They usually have a map, a direction of what they're going to be doing. But in the fight with Islam, you don't know what to do. The, the thing with Islam and Habib and, I mean, Usman Nurmagomedov now over in Bellator, these guys put so much pressure on you. That's like, that's one of the key components of their game plan. They put so much pressure on you. You have no room to think. You have no room to set anything up. You, you just spend so much time on your back foot. And then having all that pressure on you and not being able to set things up, then it opens up their offense. It opens up the wrestling. It opens up the striking. And I got to say, Islam's movement on his feet, it's a lot better than I think he what he gets credit for. I think I don't think he's like a knockout artist or anything like that, obviously, from statistics. Like, you can see that. You're right. Okay. You know, like, but, I, I mean, he moves well on his feet. Like, he doesn't look like a robot just walking towards you. Like, he's got foot movement. He bounces around. He stays on his toes. He, he throws combinations you know the dudes he's pretty fucking good man yeah no doubt about that i don't think anyone's going to argue that um and who says he has to fight you know in front of him just because he's ranked five now like you know he'll have to fight maybe you know who knows dan hooker rda but it once you're in that five to 15 rank like it doesn't really matter like you're not getting a title shot so you're going to fight someone in the top 15 next yeah, and that's what Habib and Cormier and stuff were saying. They're like, people are ducking him, so we're just going to start smack quote. We're going to just smash everybody. And, like, uh, you do that long enough, I mean, eventually you're going to get to where you are. I mean, Max Holloway did it for a long time. Dude won, like, 11 straight fights before he got a title fight. And he never right. complained. He was just like, yeah, line them up. And I, I think that's what Islam's about to start doing. So I think if everybody in the top five starts ignoring him, too, and they're like, oh, we're not fighting you. You don't deserve to be here. He's like, all right, who's behind me? Hooker, you want it? Tony, you want it? Like, who, whoever's up. And that's pretty – I mean, you can't knock him for that. Got a question for you, man. Shoot. Outsider in looking. Even though he's ready to smash everyone that comes in front of him, not to use Hamzat saying smash, but you know what I mean. Um does all of the extra weight cutting, does that take a toll on one's body over time? A good question. I mean, it, it looks like it's pretty aggressive. Like, Habib posted the, the YouTube video. 
didn't look didn't look easy. It definitely does. Um, there's some people that just handle it well, and there's some people that don't. I mean, what does he walk around at like 189? Is that what they were saying in the video? I don't remember, man. Or did I just make that up? Um, either way, he's got a decent weight cut. He's young right now. So obviously the younger you are, you know, the more you can get away with shit. Eventually it's going to get to a point where, yeah, you, that's a very good question. You're probably right. Eventually it would most likely get to a point where it's like, this is too much. I mean, I saw people saying like, oh, Connor should just go back down to 145. I'm like, Connor McGregor cannot go back down to 145. <laughs> yeah, no. He is 33 years old. He looked like last, a crazy person. Dude, the, yeah, the last time he cut to 45, what, what, let's see, when he fought Aldo, dude, he looked like sick. Like it, it, and he was like 27 at that point. I couldn't yeah. imagine if he did it now. No, no need. He would go to the hospital. Like it just gets to a point where, you know, it's going to be the same thing with uh, like Max Holloway. Max Holloway at some point is probably going to have to start going up to 55 because the weight cut is just a lot. Like he never really complains about it or anything, but. He walks around 190 pounds, cuts down 145 pounds. Like he's big, big dude. He's he's five eleven fighting at 145 pounds. Very true. So that's a good question. Yeah, 100 percent Eventually it will. I mean, it didn't look like it affected him in this fight. His cardio looked pretty good. What do you think? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like it's dragging his game back right now, but just with the mentality of all right, screw it, I'm gonna go beat everybody. Then you're in all these fight camps and you're always doing that and i don't know that's, that was my train of thought no yeah it's, a, it's definitely a good question he definitely cannot fight at 55 forever but right now i definitely feel he's getting away with it um not getting away with it but he he's he's doing what he's got to do so i want to ask you this question because we talked about this off the record dana white says he wants to see your boy he says he wants to see banel daryush take on islam makachev next he feels that is the next fight to make he feels that's what should go down and makes sense what are you thinking that's your boy that's your man's it is yes i am disgusted that dana white would try to use Benil black belt big dollars daryush as next on the chopping block for mr islam makachev it's disgusting i don't even want to i'm sick that you even brought it up again I, I knew you were going to go with it but i was just hoping that you were going to forget Daryush, no business fighting Islam Mahachev. I don't want to see it. Why don't you want to see it? Oh, you know, I just want to see Daryush get what he deserves. You know, I know Gaethje's looking for a fight. Michael Chandler's uh, looking for a fight. I don't know if him and Gaethje will fight. That's the problem. I don't know if they will. I don't know if Benny will fight. They're, they're, I mean, they're not like best friends, but they're, they're kind of tight. I don't know. I feel like Gaethje would do it. I don't know if Benny would. I mean, they're up there. What What is Benny ranked? Benny's three. Benny's three? Mm-hmm. Jesus. That's um, right. That's fucking right. I don't think you want to see Benny fight Islam because I think you know Islam would beat him. That's my hot take. I mean, who wins that fight? <sighs> I mean, Daryush is a soldier of God. Who wins that fight, Nate? Thinking, I'm thinking that Islam would be coming in as the betting favorite. Thinking you're right. I'm not going to say who's going to win, but I'm saying that people people <laughs> would probably say that they think Islam would win that fight. I, however, do not have an opinion, mm-hmm. but I will say, big Daryush fan, all day. Guys, look, Nate knows Islam would probably win that fight. I'm not saying Benny couldn't do it, but I just don't see how he does it. 
Like, is he going to submit Islam? No. Is he going to knock out Islam? Yeah, probably not. He's going to outgrind. No, he's not. Daryush is a grinder. Mm-hmm. No shot. He outgrapples Islam. What? Who, who who else in that division can outgrapple Islam? I just fucking said it, dude. No, Benny. Neil Daryush. No shot. Listen, make the fight happen. I'm getting pissed off. Okay, I just want to see it happen, and uh, you know, you can eat crow when you see it. Eat crow. Mm-hmm. Has uh has Benny answered that? He hasn't, right? I have no idea. I didn't pay I any would've. attention to it. I saw Islam and Benil. This is not not even going to happen. There's no there's no point wasting any time actually even thinking about it. So who does Benny fight then? I just told you, Gage or Chandler. Oh, Gage or Chandler. Chandler would. I think Chandler would take that fight. That's Three, not four. a bad fight. Well, everybody everybody wants to see Gage and Chandler. That's the fight. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's the thing. I don't know. I can't remember if Daryush was uh, if his wife was pregnant. Going in yes. the last fight, or if he just had a new baby, so you know maybe he can take some time off, get the family uh, stuff all figured out, you know, then come back. I'm okay with that's, that. I don't need to see Daryush right now. That's what it was. Um, I think his wife was pregnant going into the Tony fight, and she was about to have the the baby, and so he wants to take some time off to hang out with his family. And I think he pissed off people like you just beat Tony Ferguson. You're not allowed to take time off. And he's like, all right, well, I'm gonna. And they're like, well, fuck you. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck your kids. Fight for me. <laughs> like people don't people forget these fighters got lives, man. Like when Robert Whitaker just beat Jared Can was it Jared Canier? Yeah. Or no, it's Calvin. He just beat Calvin Gastelum. And they're like, All right, fight Izzy in five weeks. And he's like, no, yeah, go what go home for a day, come back. <laughs> he's like, I live in Australia. We have a terrible lockdown process here. I haven't seen my family in like two months. And now you're telling me I can't go home? Fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't blame them, man. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah, that's it for Wait. Yeah. Look. The next question. Is this a must win for Macy Barber? Macy Barber comes back this weekend. He's, she's taking on Miranda Maverick. I have a strong opinion about this matchmaking here. Um, is this a must win for Macy? Not in the sense that she would get cut, but in the sense that she's really, really going to drop off if she loses here. It, it's really tough, man, because we're only talking about two consecutive losses when she had never lost before, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight professional wins. She was nicknamed the future, supposed to be the next best thing. What uh, What the hell happened? Did she break an ankle? Or I broke something she blew out her acl blew out her acl yes so she was hobbling around i don't yeah i mean hey boom maybe but i was trying yeah roxanne should have won that or macy should have won that fight but you know one leg pretty tough i had roxanne winning that fight before that (laughs) for what reason man for what what reason did you think roxanne was gonna beat macy barber out grappling at that time when Macy Barber was just duffing everybody, see this and is just what I'm talking just about. getting them to the ground. Just... I think Macy had a lot of hype coming in, and uh, she talks pretty well on a microphone. And she's young, and this whole notion that she's going to be the youngest female champ or the youngest champ, and la da 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 da. And look, I'm not a Macy Barber hater. Hater. I like Macy Barber a lot. I think she's fun. But then she goes, okay, she pulls her knee out, fight in the Roxanne fight. True. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, she's so tough as nails, 
give her that. Uh, then she gets beat up by Grasso. And then now she has this fight with Miranda Maverick. If she loses, that's three in a row. She was supposed to be the youngest champ. And now she's about to fall three L's. That's the problem I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it is a problem. And so, like, I tried to give her a little bit of credit. I like Macy Barber, but no, she she didn't look good against Alexa Grasso at all. Um, not much to take away from there in the positive notion. Uh, it looks like, you know, she just needs to be able to bully her opponent. If she can't be able to bully her opponent, then she's kind of outgunned. It would appear, you know, anything can happen, anything can change, but that's the side I'm taking. You said you had uh, something to say about the matchup? Yeah, matchmaking. I think I don't know. I don't think I don't understand who made this. Is it you want Macy Barber to be one of your stars? Not anymore. uh, Not anymore. That's why they're just like cutter. They're like Miranda Maverick is our new star. How about that? See, that's where I was going with it. Like that's how I feel. I was like, if you don't want Macy Barber to be your star anymore, and you don't want to look, there's you're in the UFC. There's no tune-up fights. There's no easy fights. But there's certainly are easier fights for you when you're down two losses right now than fighting Miranda Maverick. Uh, this is a super difficult fight. I don't think a lot of people are understanding that. Miranda Maverick is going to come out, and she's going to swing, and she's tough, and she's powerful, and she's going to land some big shots. And uh, maybe it's the fight Macy wants. Maybe she wants, you know, to see who can bully who, like you said. But um, I, I don't know, man. I, I Personally, I mean, I don't work for the UFC. I'm broke. Maybe that's why I don't work for them because I don't make the right decisions. I wouldn't <laughs> have made this decision personally. But who am I? My opinion doesn't fucking matter. Actually, okay. fuck you guys. It does matter more than yours. So if you're telling me that you would take Miranda Maverick at minus 144, one thousand percent. I would lock that in. Absolutely. Macy I Barber think... plus one eighteen. Not much fun to be had on that one. I'm curious what Dale and Trey would say if they join. I'm curious what their thoughts are on this. Oh, I can uh, tell you that uh, Trey is passionately taking Macy Barber, and Dale is passionately taking Miranda Maverick. Oh, Trey's just taking Macy Barber because she's over at Alpha Male. And yes, that's exactly he, it. He fucking loves Alpha. He'll t- he'll take anybody from Alpha Mills the day he dies. Doesn't matter how big of an underdog they are. Yes. No. Nail nail on the head there. Yeah. Um, Maverick by submission plus seven fifty. Did I say that already? What is it? Plus seven fifty. Plus seven fifty. Maverick to win by submission. Yeah, because that's definitely not going to happen. That's why. But Maverick to win by TKO or KO plus fourteen hundred. Lock that in. I think that's plus fourteen hundred. I think that's easy money. I think that very well could happen. You don't think Macy Har- Macy Barber's got the heart of a, a lion, dude? She has the heart of a lion. I'm not saying she's go to sleep, but I'm saying possibly a, a TKO plus fourteen hundred. Like maybe Miranda gets her down and just like starts wailing, and Macy Barber can't get out, so they call it. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying bet your bank. I mean, plus plus fourteen hundred. If that doesn't get you going, man, I don't know what does. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm shocked that's such a big, such a big under. Yeah. Barber wins by TKO is plus 500. Yeah, because that's also not going to happen. Yeah, but like, how is plus 1400 for Maverick? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Maverick, Maverick's not like the most powerful person, but like, she's good. She's like, she's got tight technique. Like, the combos are. I, it could happen. It could happen. She's powerful. She she hits hard. It's not like yeah. you know. 
I, I think it could happen. I think Macy is tough as fuck. I'll give, I will agree with that. It's certainly not easy to put her away. I mean, she blew her knee out, kept fighting. The Grasso fight, she was getting pieced up and just kept coming she forward. She kept going. So, yeah. Yeah. So she is tough as hell. So I do understand it. I do understand it being like a plus two or 300 or something, but a plus 1400 is just atrocious. That's, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't even understand. Atrocious is the exact correct word. <laughs> like people are just putting too much faith. I don't put any faith in any fighter to that extent uh, to knock everyone's human at the end of the day. Anybody can, their chin can get rocked. Right. Like, I wouldn't even trust Max Holloway to, with that that kind of odds. You sure? Maybe maybe Max Holloway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Max Holloway. The long um, story short, Maverick. Money. Money, Maverick, lock it in. Thousand percent. Minus one forty. Um, our boy, yes, big fight for Derek Minner. He's taking on Darren Elkins. Oh, actually, you know what before we get started? You watched the episode. I missed the episode. Who did Trey take in this fight? Um, I, took Darren think, Elkins, didn't I think he did take he Darren Elkins. Did. Yeah. Darren Elkins is over at Alpha Male now. Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> uh, fact check me real quick, but I'm fairly certain. Because uh, he fought Chad Mendes a while back, and then I think now he's over at Team Alpha Male. I'm like almost positive. I don't know. Dale did say that... Um... Earlier in the week, Trey was talking up. Uh, I lost it. Minner. He was talking up Minner, and now he's on oh, Elkins. Yeah. Dale is too. I think Dale is on Minner. Oh yeah, yeah. Dale's on Minner. Yeah, that's but, what I was about to say. Yeah, there's uh, there could be some bias in this one, but I'm I love Derek Minner in this matchup. Of course, he was on the show, so you know, take everything I'm about to say with a. Uh, Big old grain of salt. But the way he talks about how he's organizing his game with James Krause and he's always had the tools and now he's just putting it together, how he knows that people think he's first round or nothing or quick finish or nothing. But he acknowledges that he used to be this, you know, rapid fire, squirrely guy jumping everywhere. And now he can be more calculated, more meticulous. So you're not going to see him gas out and you're not going to see him make stupid mistakes. You're not going to see him go for submissions that aren't there and end up in a worse position. Like, I feel like he's going to have one of those performances where he's putting so much pressure on Elkins. And again, they're both scrappers. They love to grapple. They're going to be going back and forth. It's, I would probably take the over two and a half on this one, you know, you're going to see some blood for sure. Like that's without a doubt. And you're going to think that the fight's going to be over, but I could see both of these guys powering through. What do you got, dude? Dude, 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this goes, I very well can see this going a distance, but all bias aside. Yeah, obviously, you know, we've had Derek on the show a couple of times. He's the man. So this might sound biased. Of course. But of course. I actually think stylistically, I think this is a super good fight for Derek Minner. I think Derek's going to come out and he's going to put a lot of pressure on Darren Elkins the whole time. And I think he's going to be able to beat up Darren Elkins for three rounds. Finishing Darren Elkins is super tough, as most people have seen. He's been finished before, but it's it's not easy. It's it's a very difficult thing to do, which Derek Menner could do. But I agree with you. I think the safe bet would be the over two and a half. Um, whether that ends in the third round or not, or goes a distance, who knows. But I definitely could see this. Like Derek Menner said, there's no way it's a boring fight. They're both Darren Elkins come. said the same thing. 
Oh, did he really? Yeah, he said, so Darren Elkins actually asked for this matchup. Okay. Oh, sorry. They gave him the option. Derek Minner was floating around. He said, yeah, I want Derek Minner. I know that it's going to be an exciting fight. Like, he was like, I love to grapple. He loves to grapple. It's going to be fireworks, basically. Yep. So I thought that was interesting because, you know, he's looking at that matchup. He must have seen something that he can go for. Or he's just really out there to entertain the people, which we know he is. The damage, baby. Yeah, Darren Elkins is one thing. Whether you love him or you hate him, he's game. You know, his game is going to go out there. and He's not going to quit. He's going to put up any kind of fight he can for everybody and for himself. Um, as for Derek Minner, I agree with you, too, with teaming up with James Krause. James Krause always has had a swivel, and he looks at the right things, and he says the right things. And what is so good about his connection with Derek Minner is Derek listens to everything James says. Like he's so coachable or that that chemistry they have is, is very strong and everything James tells Derek to do in between rounds during the fight, like Derek listens. And it's super helpful when you have a connection like that between a fighter and a coach, it's kind of like with Gaethje and Trevor Whitman as well. Everything Trevor says, Gaethje will listen. And um, I think it's going to be super helpful in this fight, man. I think, I think it's, I think Derek Minner gets this done 110%. Yeah, and the, I mean, he's got two two wins in a row. The loss to Grant Dawson was on uh, eight days' notice. He said he cut like 22 or 23 pounds in eight days. And then Grant Dawson came in four pounds overweight. So, other than that, he's been looking pretty sharp in his first three performances, man. They train together now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Kevin Kroon as well. That's so funny. They all fought each other. What's together. the... Uh, what was the Grant Dawson fight where he won the last second? Oh, that was his last fight, right? It was the most recent one. Who was that against? Leonardo Santos. If you're listening to this and you want to see a crazy finish to a fight and you did not watch Leonardo Santos versus Mr. Grant Dawson, please fire up Fight Pass or ESPN, whatever it's on, and watch it. What I loved about that, too, is is in between that round, that was when James Krause was go. Like, yeah. You got to go. He said, you got to finish. Yeah, That was crazy. That's and I was watching a, a Derek Minner post-fight interview, and I think it was when he was going against Charles Rosa, and they asked him after, like, I don't know how he brought up what James Krause was saying, but he was like, you got to milk this guy. Milk him. Fucking milk him. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, like, imagine you're, you've got, like, a – a guy trying to kill you right in front of you and your coach is off corner left just yelling, milk him. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured that in my fucking head. Yeah, crazy. So, no, I'm supporting it. There might be a lot of bias involved, but I'm also throwing some cash on Mr. Derek Minner. And like I said, I, I do like the over two and a half because it sounds like Derek Minner is not going to be so aggressive to pursue the finish as quickly he's fine grinding it out and smartly pointing it out not saying it's going to be boring but it's just not his main main plan yeah and they're both tough as hell like we keep saying um sorry i was just checking to see if that was punch list that's Uh, okay and i don't know if i told if i said it though darren elkins is team alpha male okay yeah that's what i thought good call good call as soon as you said Trey took him, I was like, I know why. It's definitely he's definitely a team alpha male. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
All right. So the big, mo I am actually kind of surprised we didn't start with this. Um, obviously, the big narrative this weekend is the former champ, TJ Dillashaw, is coming back off a two-year suspension. He tested positive for EPO. You know, he cheated. He did all that. He's owned up to it, but he's coming back. And he's taking on an absolute killer in Corey Sanhagen. Uh, probably one of, if not the hardest fight you could ask for on your way back. Apparently, they offered other fights for TJ as a quote-unquote tune-up. And he was like, no, I want to get my belt back. Quickest way to do that is to beat Corey Sandhagen. I was like, all right, respect. That's all right. You can't, can't knock him for that. So uh, it's going down Saturday night. And my question is, because all over the press, TJ's been talking about the EPO. He's been talking about that. He's like, I feel it doesn't affect me. I'm going to be able to put it behind me. I'm going to win this fight. No one's going to talk about it anymore. I don't know. Like he's admitted to it. He owned up to it, which takes a lot of balls. Respect. You owned up to it. You made a mistake, a very, very bad mistake. You know, you cheated essentially, whatever the reason was you, you still did it. And I'm a big TJ fan. Um, so my question is, does it ever really get put behind him or is there always going to be a stain a little bit on his legacy, no matter what he does next? That's a great question, man. Absolute great question because it was uh, EPO uh, heightens your red blood cell count and basically delivers more oxygen to your muscles. So yep. you have better cardio and you can train and all the other good stuff that comes with those. Right. Basically. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's a um, huge performance enhancer. Right. So they're saying it was only before the fight where he cut down to 125. Is that correct? They went back and tested all the other things, and he was somehow yep. clean. But then you got Garbrandt saying that Dillashaw was doing it the whole time. He was at Alpha Male. Yep. Is it a permanent – I mean, it's definitely a permanent stain. If he beats Sandhagen and then, you know, he goes up there and he beats whoever comes out with the title at the end of the rematch or however it shakes down, we don't know. No, I feel like it, it, it goes away. Only if, you know, then you could say, oh, baby. Oh, boy. There he Signing is. Signing <laughs> in the surprise visitor at what we got, 836. I know he would love to talk about what we got coming up. Yeah, he'll probably have some good answers to this question. So you can hear us. Let's test out this sound real quick. Can you hear us, Dale? Oh, yeah, man. There oh, it is. We're locked What's in. Up, Welcome brother? to the party, sir. What's going on, guys? Whew, this feels good. This feels real Welcome. official. Welcome, sir. It's a long time coming, man. Thanks I for know. being here. Sorry, I tried to be as punctual as I could, but you know how that goes. So That's okay. Right, That's good. okay. We don't know uh, what it's like to have children, but we can assume that it's quite the task, sir, and we appreciate your time. Yes, it's a, uh, it's a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's killing time me slowly. Job, man. Right, slowly. Right. So what's up, guys? What are we doing? What are we talking about? Probably well, MMA just, stuff, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. MMA you're just stuff. in time. Um, we know you touched about it on your show, but we're getting into the Dillashaw stain. Does it go away with a Sandhagen win? You want my short answer or my long answer? I mean, long, I'm, here to, I'm here to hang out there, sir. So yeah, it's up to you. You can let that beautiful angel voice sing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, it does not go away. <laughs> uh, here's the thing, right? Is that 
there's a gravity to using steroids in combat sports that doesn't exist in anything else. Uh, Lance Armstrong used EPO and won some bicycle races, right? He didn't put people's lives in danger. TJ Dillashaw knowingly used performance enhancing substances. And it's not about the times he got caught using it. It's about there has been a long been rumored past, a storied past, if you will, that TJ has been on and off the sauce, allegedly, for most of his career. When doing things like that, you need to look no further than the Chris Holdsworth example. And for those that are uninitiated, Chris Holdsworth was a huge prospect, primarily specializing in jujitsu, coming out of Team Alpha Male and is currently Team Alpha Male's jujitsu coach. The reason why he's no longer competitive, despite having a good run in the Ultimate Fighter and then several fights thereafter, is because he got the better of TJ Dillashaw in a sparring session and TJ hit him late, gave him a concussion, and he has been unable to compete since. You took that guy's career away from him. Apply that to a fighting situation. Like, like I said with the Joe Soto fight, the beating he put on Joe Soto or Henan Burrell or something like that. It's not a fighting is not a game. You, it's, it's a very old cliche. You can't play fight. And if you're taking steroids, I, I, people can downplay it all they want. You went in there and enhanced your ability to end their career and potentially the life of somebody else. It, it does not go away. Even with a San Diego win, you're, you're a dirty, rotten cheater. <laughs> so we are not. So he, he went on, uh, on the media day. Yeah. And he said it was just that one time. He said they they collect samples every time sure. they go back, they tested everything. Right. And when asked about, he was like, they were like, what do you think about Cody Garbrandt saying that you were doing it the whole time for years? Dillashaw comes back. He goes, I didn't even know he said that. You know, I don't really listen to a lot of the fight stuff. I don't watch fights outside of my fights. You know, we, we think that's all that's all fibs. Of course it is. Of course it is. Why? Why? How, what are you going to play into the narrative of that, right? So what, what if you're TJ Dillashaw, what you try to do, and I'm sure what his PR professional has told him is admit to the wrong that you, that you got caught with, say that you don't know anything about any of this other stuff, and divert. It's a, politicians do it all the time. Politicians do it all the time. Criminals do it all the time. It's what you, I can't deny what I've already, what you've already caught me doing. So yes, it, that of course i i remember that vividly but everything else i what? i don't understand i don't i don't know what t, i don't know what uh, what cody garbrandt said you and cody have one of the most storied rivalries in bantamweight history of course you know he said that come on who believes that nobody he doesn't even believe it he's given a canned answer you know you think about that it James? cody said it to him at the press conference too so during the rivalry i remember this they were at the press conference and Cody left him speechless. He was like, he was the one who showed team alpha male how to pass all the drug tests yeah. and everyone, they pan over to TJ and he has no idea what to say. And he goes, uh, this guy's full of shit. And then he just starts going off about something else. And I was like, and then coincidentally, after the Cody rivalry ended, he fought Henry. And then that's when he got popped for EPO. So it's like, how do I, believe you when this guy just said all this you look like you got caught red-handed and then you do get caught red-handed like it's just uh, i don't know man it's hard to be a fan of it, it well I have, with i have nothing for him man i as a fighter i said this on our show from a skill perspective 
he's otherworldly talented. Yeah, up here you see. Yeah. Um he he's he's otherworldly talented, but you 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 sullied that. Same thing with John Jones. Gas station dick pills aside. I don't care what you think. I have I have <laughs> I've peed in a cup many times in my life, and I have never tested positive for anything other than being excellent. And the reason why that is is because I don't associate with those types of materials. And I don't put myself in that position. If you are a professional athlete, you have got to take it seriously enough to adhere to a higher standard of conduct. John Jones, I don't care what anybody says, talent, skill-wise, probably the greatest of all time. But can I ever with a clean conscience say that he is? No, because you have a positive steroid test. I just, I can't do it. Not me, other people will, but me personally, I can't do it, man steroids are an unforgivable sin in combat sports i can forgive a lot domestic violence i.e greg hardy so glad to see him get knocked out tiago silva the rest of those goons abel trujillo the pedophile all these other dudes all of them i want all the smoke with all of them this this but in steroids dude pedophile steroids nah i can't none of it domestic violence you're dead to me <laughs> you, put, you put in uh you put in such a good perspective too because i don't even think nate and i were thinking about this is you're you're playing with someone's life because at the end of the day like no one luckily no one has been dying but like you could kill someone in there and then when you enhance all of these abilities like you already have lethal weapons on your hands your feet mm-hmm. and your elbows and then now you're taking epos you're taking anything that enhances that i didn't really think about it like that and i'm really glad you said that because it actually kind of makes me not be a tj dillashaw fan now that you put it into that perspective, to be honest with you. It, it just, it puts you in an unnecessary advantage. Like it's, it's a not, it's not a realistic perspective of how you could perform in a fight. And we haven't seen a lot of it in MMA. Thankfully, we haven't seen a lot. Um, Connor's, Connor's teammate died a couple of years ago in that fight in Dublin. Um, the name's escaping me. I can't remember. It was, it was right after the Dennis Seaver fight. Uh, there was a, there was a guy at SBG in, in Ireland that got killed in the fight and but it was one of those things where nothing happened per se in the fight like it wasn't a um i'll just use it even though i love the guy it wasn't a calvin cater max holloway beating right where you're like hey man we got or or, uh sean o'malley chris montino to use a a more recent example where you're watching the fight going is anybody else seeing this guy get killed on tv like should we stop this at some point in time it wasn't a situation like that this guy got hit a couple times he got knocked out he fell he hit his head weird and that's it and the guy ended up dying so thankfully knockwood we haven't seen a lot of that but in boxing it happens very frequently look no further if you guys if if people don't know look up pritchard cologne if you don't know who pritchard cologne is p-r-i-c-h-a-r-d-c-o-l-o-n pritchard cologne top prospect fantastic dude Took a fight, lost, walking back to his corner. Man, something feels weird. Collapses, and now he's almost a vegetable. Now, if I'm on EPO and I have enhanced speed, enhanced endurance, uh, Sean Shirk, perfect example to switch it back to MMA. Sean Shirk, remember when Sean Shirk fought Hermes Franca? If you don't, if you haven't watched this fight, going back in the noodle here, Sean Shirk versus Hermes Franca. Sean Shirk was essentially hitting Hermes Franca with baseball bats and Franca kept walking forward. After the fight, Hermes Franca test positive for steroids. He was unstoppable. It would have taken a bullet to get Hermes Franca out of there for that fight. I think Franca's in jail for murder now or something like that. He's a dirtbag too. Doesn't matter. 
that fight it's chaos chaos that's old school that's dark ages you know how much frank is in jail now i believe so i think i think he did 14 years for rape or murder or something like that oh my god that's why you guys need a producer because then you could just be like producer producer bill look this up i know we need someone like you guys what do you guys got producer jake right yeah we got producer jake we need someone but uh, with, with all that being said, man, and yes, I totally agree now. I'm, I'm, you've persuaded me. Um, enhancing your fatal weapons uh, seems pretty unfair and fucked up. However, ah, I, believe, I believe that Mr. Dale Lippin himself said that TJ Dillashaw at plus money is just a little too juicy to pass up. It's hard. It's hard to pass up because you know the skill set, right? Like, here's the thing. As we see... I mean, to, to nerd out for a second, if we're looking at TJ Dillashaw and, and Corey Sandhagen as like Pokemon, Corey Sandhagen is the evolved version of TJ Dillashaw. Like this is like it, the next generation of what a TJ Dillashaw could look like is Corey Sandhagen, right? He's got, he's rangier, he's more tactical, he's more creative on the feet. He's got better weapons all like he, he's just an evolved version of what TJ could have probably could have been if we didn't lose TJ for two years. But I, I know TJ is getting rounds in with all these guys, man. And I know that, that the type of talent he's surrounding himself with, I don't think that he's going to come in and have really missed too much other than the, you know, the actual pomp and circumstance of an event. Think about it. When we saw TJ last, there were still crowds, right? And then we went 18 months with no crowds. And then he comes back and it's still crowds. Like he never had to fight COVID era. Mask mandates are pretty much lifted everywhere. Everything's back to how it literally, it was like you froze him in ice and thawed him out two years later. And now here he is. That's what you've got with TJ Dillashaw. So, and if you see the way he like, if you see the way he competes, why not take a small step if you're betting why not take a small stab at him at plus 155 i don't have to like you as a person to bet on you i don't have to think that you have good morals to put money on you whatsoever if you're looking at a guy bantamweight champ of the world beating the people that he's beaten in the way he did it plus 155 bro i mean or just don't bet it at all or play a finish i don't care what about the over three and a half i mean yeah sure why not? Like, are we thinking, are we thinking Dillashaw is going to outgrind him? Or are we thinking Dillashaw is going to get him down? If I'm putting, if I'm putting it on Dillashaw, what am I, what am I rooting for? If you put it on Dillashaw, I think, I think you sprinkle a little bit by submission. Whoa. If you, well, here's the thing, right? Is that you look at the wrestle heavy approach that he's got ingrained in him for years as a high school wrestler, as a junior college uh, wrestler, team, years at team alpha male. And you see the weapons that, Corey Sandhagen has and you see what happened to Corey Sandhagen like the last time Corey lost the fight how did he lose it he lost it pretty unceremoniously by getting his back taken fairly easy and getting choked out very quickly like it was lightning quickly it was lightning it really was it was not less than 90 seconds it was a very unceremonious fight like it was just I would say that more happened in Ronda Rousey beating Kat Zingano in that nine second or 11 second submission than what happened in Aljo choking out Corey Sandhagen. Realistically, you know, and here's the other thing too, right? Is that 
Dillashaw has trained off and on with those elevation guys for years. It's not like he's going into this not knowing or not having any insight to what Corey Sandhagen is capable of whatsoever. Um, I could see the narcissism of TJ wanting to stand and bang with Corey, thinking he can be the first one to knock him out. But I mean, I think I told, I think I told Nate, I think I told you this. My, my brother played Connor by submission in the first round for the Connor Poirier fight. So when Connor jumped on that guillotine, we were like, and his logic was, it's the most unsuspecting thing. Nobody's going to expect. What if Connor comes out and submits Dustin Poirier? People will just lose their shit. So I'm going to play it. If TJ comes out and can backpack Sandhagen on a wrestle heavy approach, heel hook him, Kimura, choke him out. Is that the likeliest of option? Absolutely not. But we're talking about fun gambling bets. Here. Absolutely. Plus 1300, man. That's something to get excited about. That's what I'm saying. For plus yeah. 1300, I would love for Dillashaw to go out there and backpack him. No, TJ by decision, I think, is where it's at, though. TJ by decision. I like that. And I like the over three and a half. And I think that I like TJ as well. Not to echo you all the way. Sandhagen's sharp, but, you know, he's, I think you said it yourself and I was listening in the car today. Uh, not his first round, has never been in championship rounds, rarely ever gets out of the early rounds, doesn't see much adversity. And when he did, lightning quick, like you said. So I, I think that that is a fair, a fair take to go with. And uh, I'm rocking with a Dillashaw, probably rock with the over three and a half. James, what do you got over there? Yeah, I've, been, I've been flip-flopping on this fight. Honestly, I'm a bit persuaded now. I don't know if this is How could you not bias. be, man? I knew this yeah. was going to happen. Dale was going to come on, and he was just going to snake all of my picks, but no, it's, it's scoot me over there. I want to be on the Dale Lippin side, man. I mean, James, from, a betting, back to you. from a betting perspective and just in from a skill perspective, like it's it's hard to bet against TJ Dillashaw. Like you said, like his skill set, you throw, if you do put what he's done in the past for just his skill set alone, like he's pretty undeniable, man. His work ethic is insane. Like, I, I don't think he's going to have any ring rust. I think he's been training relentlessly in this time off. It might have even been beneficial. Relentlessly. And it, I just, it's hard to bet against him. And, and now that you're putting into my perspective that Corey Sanhagen has not really seen a lot of adversity. He's not really, he hasn't seen championship rounds. So who knows how, what his cardio is like. You know TJ can go five, and you know he can do it heavily. Oh, On drugs. Man, like, Maybe not, whatever, but still like all jokes aside, like, you know, he's got the gas tank to do it. You know, he does. And he has more weapons than Corey Sanhagen does. I think Sanhagen's best chance now that we're really breaking it down is he's going to have to catch TJ. He's going to have, right. I would imagine he's going to have to catch him. Yeah. Uh, which people have done in the past. It's not like TJ's, you know, John Dotson did it a while back in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Cejudo did it. I mean, it was down to 25. So do what you want with that. TJ being an underdog, though, it's hard not to throw money on that, man. I think I'm going with TJ Dillashaw here. Don't forget TJ got rocked in both of the Garbrandt fights. Right? That's right, yeah. In the first fight, too, pretty bad. Yeah. That's a good point as well. Well, it's just because Garbrandt's a monster, baby. He just won. He just went rock him, sock him robots too, mm-hmm. which is, which is, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think that's a fair assessment. TJ can get hit. Um, Sandhagen possesses, I don't want to give him too much credit. <clears throat> he possesses a Anderson Silva like approach to his striking. 
in the sense that he goes for accuracy over quantity. Um, he'll turn up the volume when he needs to, but he's really about touching you and making sure that he's effective with his shots more so than like overwhelming you. One of the narratives that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, and maybe you guys did, and I missed it before I got in here, is TJ's coming off double labrum repair on both of his shoulders. So imagine TJ Dillashaw winning championships with torn labrums. I mean, as a person who has torn their labrum before and Ooh. not and not had it fixed, it's still torn. Um, that's a horrible thing to like. I I have a I still have a hard time with my shoulder. It is not fun. Like playing catch with the kids or like reaching up in the shower to grab freaking uh like change the nozzle on the shower head or grab the if i'm moving at a wrong angle man that thing slips and slides all over the place so the fact that, that dude won a world championship uh with it with not one but two torn labrums uh is staggering so now he's coming in man he's like the bionic man so i mean i'll bet on him this one more time and just see see what happens so let me ask you guys this, going back to the legacy question and everything, and I don't want to beat this dead horse too bad, but it, it is like a relevant question. If he goes out, because he denied using it, the only time he used it was in the uh, Cejudo fight. But if he goes out there... Allegedly. Well, I want it, Dale does alleged, not believe in that, just remember. Right, yeah, allegedly. But if he goes out there and he doesn't look like the same TJ and he gets smoked by Corey does now the question start to beg it's like oh was it the epo was yes. it this and that? And I, yes it's bad it's very bad if that happens if we get another quick sandhagen finish it does tj dillashaw is going to have a really hard time coming back from that one internet twitter instagram blowing up with dillashaw memes that dude is basically buried if he goes out there and gets dusted by sandhagen this is the most important fight of his career it, 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 I don't even think it's arguable. This is the most important fight because he he was at the mountain, got kicked down it, and this is where you prove whether or not you ever belong there to begin with. If you go out there and you get you get smacked, man, it's over with. That's, I mean, same thing with John Jones. You know that that his comeback fight was the most important fight of his career, and now that. Not to make this a John Jones thing, but now every fight he takes is the single most important fight of his career because everybody's looking for a way to write him off and disprove him because when he was trying to kill himself, he couldn't do it and he kept winning in spite of himself. And now people are going, well, we just need to see you lose. And if we can get you to lose, then we'll finally have a reason to focus. Like there'll now be a, a, a catalyst for all of our hate. TJ provided the catalyst he has to shut up doubters by coming in and having, what do they say? Test them 24 times so far this year, or the last 12 months or something like that. If you're getting tested twice a month and you come in and you smoke Corey Sandhagen, who most people believe to be the future of the Bantamweight division. And you come out there and you do so in convincing fashion. And keep in mind, TJ Dillashaw is older than Jose Aldo. If he comes out there and destroys Corey Sandhagen, you're right back on top of the Bantamweight division again. It's like you never left. You saw the asterisks, but it's like he never left. Right. And just going back, I, I saw that statistic the other day. It blew my mind. I totally forgot that TJ Dillashaw is older than Jose Aldo. I don't even understand dumbest how that's ever. It's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. Here's what's fun. Anderson Silva won his first fight in the UFC when he was my age now. That is so crazy. That is so insane, man. And some people just 
Jose Aldo, I think uh, the thing with Jose Aldo is just he's been fighting for so long and he fights so frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's so insane. Yeah, TJ Dillashaw is 35 years old, yeah. which is not old. But, I mean, there's some 35-year-olds in mixed martial arts that, you know, f- fight like they're 35. TJ does not. I'm 35 with three kids. I'm telling you right now, I am old. <laughs> wear yeah, you down, kid, like you said, man. They're just grinding the right. years down, bro. They wear you down. Uh, real quick to go back to it, real quick. Hermes Franca did 42 months for sexually assaulting a student at, at his at his martial arts school. So scum of the earth. I do remember seeing that. I do yeah. remember seeing that yeah. because when I when I first started watching mixed martial arts, he was relevant. Sean Shirk was relevant. Chuck Liddell, T Ortiz era. It was like around that time period. Um, damn. But all right. <laughs> back, I, want to, uh, I want to roll it back. Are we done ahead. talking about Dillashaw Sandhagen? Did we get all of our fun in? Yeah, I think we got it. All right. Unless you got more. Unless you got something else. I don't. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I wanted to bring in a little Dale's take because we talked Gosh. about Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber earlier. And oh, I yeah. know if uh, if our listeners haven't gotten the hint yet and checked out Punchlist MMA, I think that there's this very special people's main event going on this there week, is. sir. Can there you tell is. us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Trey and I have usually, uh, my co-host and I, Trey, we have a, um, we don't agree on much. <laughs> I mean, well, we agree on some. Uh, but we do this, we, we've started instituting the people's main event on the fights that we are most passionately against one another on. And it just so happened to be, I did not anticipate, we don't plan these out ahead of time because he, I purposely don't tell him my plays because I don't want him to know. Uh, and yeah, so it just happens that we vehemently disagree with each other on this Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick fight. So, I mean, where do you want to begin here? What, what are your takes on this? I, I will gladly die on the Miranda Maverick Hill th- this time. So we'll also die on the Miranda Maverick Hill. When I heard Trey had Macy Barber, I thought that was insanity. I thought that was biased because Macy Barber is over at team alpha male. And I know how he feels mm-hmm. about team alpha male. I know, I, I know how he feels, but I, I don't see how Macy wins this fight. And it's, you know, no offense to Macy Barber. And I know she's young and hungry and everything like that, but I just don't, see how she gets it done i think miranda maverick is very good i think she's very powerful and i think she's going to kind of bully macy barber for three rounds if not get the finish i mean what do you guys think well so i i think that macy barber kind of to me reminds me of a little round ronda rousey effect she's mm. fighting all these people that are kind of propping her up she's been able to bully them have her way with them and then when she's getting to a little bit tougher competition the the looseness the crashingness the just try to throw my weight around get you down not going to work on miranda maverick either um i don't know if john anik was in my ear talking about miranda maverick being one of the most exciting prospects coming up if not the most exciting one so i'm also on the miranda maverick train i i like this fight from an entertainment perspective i hate it though because there's a systemic issue attached to this and that's the ufc's problem where they pit high level prospects against each other and essentially kill one of them off. And it's the second fight of the night. That's like that. The Randy Costa and Adrian Yanez fight is another key example of this. You're pitting two prospects, which fans will pay money to see and enjoy and can be future. The next generation of stars that can help push and sell cards. You're facing them against each other too early in their careers. Macy Barber 
is coming off of a loss to Alexa Grosso. That loss to Alexa Grosso propelled Alexa to just outside title contention, right? She's orbiting that planet. But it killed Macy Barber. Macy Barber can go out there and starch Miranda Maverick, send her to the, the land where time doesn't exist. Loki will be there with the TVA, just bringing her back. Like it's, I'm telling you, he, she can send her there and it will do nothing for Macy Barber's stock. It will do nothing. However, Miranda Maverick goes out there and knocks out Macy Barber. They'll go, it's too much too soon for, for Macy. And Miranda's the truth. There's always a sacrifice when it comes to one of these things. It'll come, it, there's a sacrifice. So you're killing these two for no reason. You need to give Macy a winnable fight for her next fight. Give her Miranda Granger, not Miranda Maverick. Give her, I don't know, give, give her JJ Aldrich. Give her somebody else that she can win a fight and do so in convincing fashion. So you're like, oh yes, she persevered. She made the adjustments. She came back. She looks good. Then give her somebody else. If you're Miranda Maverick, give her a logical next step up. Don't feed her. Don't give her Macy Barber because then again, you're just, you're killing. You can't, you're, you're sacrificing. You're, what are they, what's the old phrase? You're cutting your nose off in spite of your face. I hate when they do this. I hate it. Now to the Trey's take where he thinks Macy is going to, or Miranda is going to have to wrestle to win this fight is ludicrous. And I love him. I really do. I love him. Mm -hmm. But Miranda is a kickboxer and a really, really good one at that. And she embraces all eight limbs and has every intention on slicing Macy Barber's face off with elbows, knees, and everything in between. I don't see her trying to take this to the ground at all unless it's advantageous for her to do so because she's going to be physically stronger because I think she's probably physically stronger than most 125-pound men. She is intimidatingly strong looking i'll put it i'll leave it at that she's intimidatingly strong looking so yeah. i think that this fight is Mar uh miranda mavericks wherever she wants it and it's going to come at the cost of killing macy barber's probably for being not for the risk of, of, of hyperbole here she's going to kill macy barber's career if she beats macy because macy is then five fights away from a title fight yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I, I can't wait for you to watch this back before you join. <laughs> Nate and I were literally just talking about that. I said the same thing. I didn't understand the matchup. I don't yeah. know why they did it. it. I just didn't think, I didn't think it made any sense. Like why? There's so many other people, especially Macy Barber could have fought. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's give you another animal. Because I think Alex Russell's is really good. I think her boxing is super good. And I, I had a feeling that, I mean, I tried I rode the Macy Barber train. Not gonna lie to you, I rode it at first. Oh yeah, I was on it big time, baby. You, if you listen back to my Alexa Grazo Macy Barber prediction, yeah. big time wrong. Never been more wrong in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I rode it at first. Um, I was like, okay, she blew her knee out in the Roxanne fight. Maybe you know, it, she rode it out. Maybe that's what happened. So I was like, okay, I think I think she'll beat up Alexa Grasso. And then seeing how lost she looked in there and got pieced up and just really didn't change any of her game plan throughout the fight. Just kept just kind of walking forward and walking into all the shots. I'm like, okay, she's got a lot to learn. She's still really young, which is fine. So she doesn't have to take a fight again right away. And they can give her someone like, a, like you said, a winnable fight. And then I saw the Miranda Maverick fight and I was like, fucking stupid. So stupid. It, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I agree with both of you aggressively. I think Miranda Maverick's going to 
I don't want to say easily, but I think she's going to have a dominant performance Saturday night. I thought the Alexa Grasso booking was bad. Yep. I, I, at a certain point, and here, here's people can give the Eddie Hearns, the Al Heymans um, of the world, they can give them as much crap as they want, right? But you need a promoter that understands how to bring fighters up accordingly. And this is one of the problems, right? I, I, I use the word systemic for an issue or for a reason. This is one of the issues that continues to happen. UFC fighters are employees. They are not independent contractors the way a boxer is. Like a boxer will sign a promotional deal where they will fight under a promotion's umbrella, but they're not beholden to that person. They can fight anybody at any given time if the money's right and the promotion will sign off on co-promoting the event if necessary. The UFC does nothing like that. You are an employee. You are like a W-2 employee. Not, not a W-2, but you're still... You're, you're an independent contractor in the sense for taxes, so they don't have to pay anything, which is a huge tax shelter. Don't even get me started with the UFC and money. And then with that, these people can't negotiate their ways up, and, and it's up to the UFC. And ultimately, there's some management in play here, but unless you're a superstar, your management doesn't even really have a, that big of a say on your next fight. If you're Macy Barber, and you blow your knee out against Roxanne Modafari in the first fight they book you back as a co-main event slot against Alexa Grosso, you need to fire your manager. That's a terrible spot for you. You've been out for over a year reconstructing how to walk, move, move laterally, throw hands, everything else. And they book you against what they think is the arguably the best strawweight boxer on the, on the, on the roster. And they're going to put you up against her. And then you get throttled in front of, dude, that's a terrible, that's terrible, Matt. That's just, that's terrible management. Now your fighter has lost two in a row and taking unnecessary beatings in both fights. You've got to, you got to mm, stop. I need a winnable fight here. Just put me something competitive, something I can be competitive in. Instead of giving you to a young, hungry lion with a jaw like Jay Leno, she's going to rip her face off. It's not, it's not, it's not good fighter management, bro. It's not. That's a good point too. I didn't even really think about the fighter management either. That's a good point to bring in. I mean, I kind of felt a similar way when they booked Edmund Shabazian against Jack Manson right after he got beat up by Derek Bronson. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's a perfect example. That's a like, perfect example. Let Edmund fight. I don't know, man. Give him Nikita Krylov or something like that. Yep. Don't give him. Don't give him Jack Manson. Why would you do that? It Why do you no want to see that guy get mauled twice in a row? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Shark Week's only a week long. Yeah. People only want to see that kind of carnage in little doses, man. I don't want to see this guy get chewed up and spit out over and over again. It's brutal. It's brutal. Nate, you got something over there? Okay, no, you no. Are you good? Okay. <laughs> Nate's like, we're cutting yeah. all this. We're not yeah. using any of this. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I saw your, po I saw your uh, post today. What was it? Someone got fired from the Olympics or something. They said in 1998, you're like, so basically me and Trey, <laughs> me and Trey are getting fired pretty soon. I, yeah, I, I can't. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny, like my, our, like my parents and grandparents and people that don't understand podcasting and how incredibly difficult it is to make anything like this work, which is why I think what you guys have accomplished in the time you've accomplished is, is so, so impressive is that like, there's no chance that we ever get picked up by like ESPN or something like that. Like there's, there's just, there's no chance. And the reason why that is now is everybody is so soft now. Like it would, you wouldn't have to go back more than two episodes to find something 
that people at ESPN are getting fired for daily or being let go. Like we just, your average person that has ever existed in, in the land of social media um, has said or done something that is going to get them get them hemmed up at some point in time. If you've ever played Xbox Live before or been in a Call of Duty lobby, you should not have a job. If if that if this guy getting fired for a joke he made in 1998 about the Holocaust not happening, 23 years ago he made this joke. If you can fire him for that, and it's a justifiable firing, anybody that's ever played Xbox Live before should be unemployed. 100%. The stuff I said when I played Modern Warfare 2 when I was like 14. Oh, it's horrible. brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what, dude, you gonna, I mean, and people will find it. If you've said it before, they'll find it. They'll find it. Even if you think that you scrubbed it, you'll, they'll find it. And, I've uh, thought about deleting my, oh, sorry, Nan, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought about deleting my social media before to, because well, I'm like so nervous. Clean slate. <laughs> Got to reset. Got to hit the old reset button. Doesn't work like that, dude. Yeah. Like you said, you get someone that lashes on you, they're in your life. They're everywhere. Everything mm-hmm. you ever written is on there. Yeah. But you know, I appreciate the kudos you gave us there, Dale, but I, I wouldn't sell yourself short. All uh, all controversial topics aside, I could see you right up there. Like I watch Bet on ESPN and I just, I watch it. I'm just like, what is, how do these, no, this is yeah. just not the way to do it. Like you need to have different guys for different sports doing different things. Yeah. And, it, and you look at some of the shows too. And uh, these guys have millions of dollars and their production is, you know, a Zoom call. It's two boxes on a screen. It's like, sure. It just depends, it really. I mean, here's the th- and again, I, what, what I think makes MMA, the whole MMA space, from the sport to the production and the reporting, everything, what I think it makes so exciting. It's so young. It's such a young sport. I know both of you guys have heard me preach this ad nauseum. It's such a young sport we're 25 30 years deep i mean it's we're babies we're babies you see the finished products and the and the the following and the 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 dollars for both advertising and athletes that come with um like that come with um football and basketball all that kind of stuff right like that that stuff it's been around for so long that it's, it's easy for that, for those things. But MMA, we're so young. That's, this is part of the reason why I don't like Ariel Helwani so much is that people talk about Ariel Helwani being the greatest MMA journalist ever. He's just been around for a long time. He's literally grandfathered into his spot. He's not, he's not a particularly good interviewer. He's not particularly well-spoken. He's not particularly knowledgeable about the sport. He's literally just been around for so long. People are like, Ariel Helwani knows what he's talking about. You got to talk to Ariel Helwani. If Thanos were to come and snap all this, you know, blip us all out of here and then bring him back, nobody's listening to Ariel Helwani anymore. Nobody's going to go out of their way to seek out Ariel, the Ariel Helwanis of the world. Luke Thomas, maybe, maybe. The Schmo, maybe, maybe. But even then, those guys are like 50-50s. And I'm not saying I'm any better. I'm also not saying I'm any worse. I'm just saying the landscape is wide open. In mediums like this, like your podcast, like your show, like your like your content page on Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff that you guys do, that's 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 where everything's moving. I don't need to tell you. That's why you guys dedicate your energy to it. You know it's going that way. No, absolutely. And it's funny you say it's so young because – you know, I've only I've only been a, a fan for a couple of years now, but 
now I'm really getting into it and I'm learning so much and there's so many different things and, and so many different rabbit holes that you can go down. Uh, so I feel like I can, I want to be a part of that for other people, you know, like I'm having so much fun interacting with different people, talking to different fighters, James showing me different things and, and what everything means that, uh, I want to be a part of bringing that to other people because yeah. I've really enjoyed it. So I know I nail on the head with there, Dale. I know fight passes. Yeah. I know, well, I know fight pass is a thing and a lot of people like fight pass, right? It's a, it's a big thing. If you, if you get a chance, you can find the bout list online. It's, 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 it's there, but you know, not that DVDs are, are relevant at all anymore, but I think it is a, the, the UFC did this thing probably 10 years ago, the hundred greatest fights in UFC history. It's like a nine DVD set. It's, it is wildly thick. Right. But for your intermediate to beginner fan that has limited knowledge on what took place from like UFC one, the UFC like one fifteen, and everything in between those dark ages, like the, uh, the, the, like Marilla Bustamante middleweight days. Like if you don't know what happened, then those, those events, those fights, all these great, like just, bloodbaths happened there and it's such a good it's such a good place to like just if you're in love with the sport man look that list up get on fight pass and just create a playlist bro and just let it just let it flow man i just i love watching old fights buddy i got i got two things that work on the tv in my room fight pass and espn plus so most of the time i'm going to sleep i'm chilling in my room we got fights going in the background. So you said UFC one to one fifteen. I think that's what the, it's. So the DVD set is the hundred greatest fights in UFC history, and it's. I don't have it in. The, I don't have it in my office here, but it's um. It's I think it's like a nine DVD set, and it's black and gray with like red lettering on the UFC thing. It's got like the old block style logo, like the old NASCAR logo. And I'm pretty sure, like the newest fight on there, is. It's some sort. I think it's Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin. I think it was like the the newest fight on there. It's a great fight, right? And you're like, oh man, it's freaking. I love it. So, you know, Nate, if you're, I, I, most people like when you say like, oh, I've been watching MMA and it's a new sport to go to bring this all thing, this whole thing home. You're like, I say it's it's a young sport. You're like, oh man, I've been watching it for a long time. Oh, how long you've been watching it? Oh, I've been watching for like ten years. Cool, man. There's twenty years worth of stuff you don't know about yet, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas like football you say oh i just started watching football like five years ago nobody goes oh you haven't watched the last 115 years of it then so you're not a real fan (laughs) mma there's such a small collection of 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 uh material that when you're like when you're a fan and you start to get you, you get bit by the bug you can you can actually go back and consume everything so like you can be a young fan, but still be super knowledgeable. Like there's people that we talk to and get DMs from, but, oh man, I've been watching for the last two or three years and they'll hit me with some stuff. And I'm like, oh, I never really thought of it like that. Like, oh, that's, that's cool perspective. Like I didn't think of it like that. And I've been watching this since I had to rent it from Blockbuster on VHS. That's really cool. That doesn't happen with football and basketball and stuff like that. The X's and O's are out there, man. We, we all know it now. We're super fortunate too, in the point that the UFC has grown to the size that we can have fights like pretty much every weekend now, because do you remember when that wasn't a thing? Yeah. Like it, it used to, they would have like one, sometimes it'd be like one fight night every couple of weeks. 
and then a pay-per-view like they still do pay-per-view once a month but we get fights every single weekend for the most part now and for a decent amount of time that was not a thing with the ufc like they didn't bring in enough money they have enough fans they have enough people buying things and i mean it was on spike tv at one point so it's growing now when you get you know those weeks where it's pfl bellator and then ufc you're hammered out with fights yeah, I mean, what, dude, remember like Fuel TV? The UFC was on Fuel TV, and if you didn't, I don't, have, I don't remember Fuel TV. That's what I'm saying. So like, it was like Fuel TV, and I think it was like, was it G4S? I think was the other what what turned into Fuel TV. They used to have like most extreme channel, whatever it was that like Chinese. Oh, I know. Game show. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, that, that show was amazing. Yeah, so it was like the only things that were on that. The only thing that were on that channel were um, that MX Extreme Challenge um attack of the show with olivia munn back when she was like 20 and some dude and um wec fights in the occasional ufc event that was the only thing that was on that channel you could turn it on noon or midnight and it was going to be a wec fight you where you get to see um like cubs like old school cub swanson fights or who was the other guy micah i don't know something or other and then but like the jamie varners of the world old school uriah dude like all these guys man that it was it was them fighting dubbed over chinese game show or olivia munn on attack of the show that was the only thing that was on that channel i mean dude, that dubbed over chinese show that just hit deep of like 2 a.m just like rolled <laughs> over just fully closed you, you fell asleep on the couch and there's yes poorly dubbed just wild challenges i don't want to get too off track that yeah. you yeah. just struck something in there dale that was hiding for a while so thank you for uncovering that you're no, good, that's man. the show, right? Where you would like some of the challenges, like there'd be that big boulder rolling down the hill, and they would say like some corny <laughs> line, and then you yeah. would have to try. Yeah. I remember that shit. Would be like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> then you get hit by the boulder. Dude. Absolutely, I, I love that show, man. <laughs> now we know what you guys are watching yeah. tonight. So yeah, that's yeah, good, dude. Absolutely. That's All right, great. boys, we can wrap this up. Leave me with. Oh, I know Dale doesn't like this word. Good. I know you don't. I don't. I know you don't use lock too mm-hmm. much. You don't have too many locks. Leave me with if it's not your lock, the best fight you're picking for the night. I mean, Nate, what are you? What are you starting off with over there? Are you asking Dale? Or are you asking me? Oh, we'll start with Dale. Start with oh, go, Dale. Ahead. Go, go, Nate. Go, Nate. Start, go, Nate. Because yeah, you've already you've already got it figured out. Well, so I don't have it already. Well, wait a minute. I might have taken a screenshot here because I'm going to land out a ridiculous parlay. A couple of them actually. Okay. Mm, I love this. We're going TJ Dillashaw plus 150. We're going Adrian Yanez at minus 213. That's dangerous. We're going Miranda Maverick at minus 135. I like that. We're going Nasser Mavov at plus 125. Super dangerous. We're hammering. Super dangerous. Ian Hanoish. Yeah. Wait, why? Wait, hold on a second. Why are you saying his name like that? Hanoish? Hanoush? Hanoish? Heinish? How do you, how do you pronounce Hanish. it? It's Heinish. Bro, Heinish. give me a break. Give me a break. Nazarene <laughs> Mavov plus 125. Get Dude, off Hanoi? my back, Dale. <laughs> Yikes. Excuse me, Macy. Croissant. Croissant. Chaisson. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Derek Minner, minus 173. Lock it in. $30 to win 1244 Okay, I'm going to steal the microphone for one more second because I think I got even crazier. I think I listened to Punchlist MMA and then I popped this one in, actually. At TJ Dillashaw, TJ Dillashaw over three and a half, Derek Minner, Nasserdina Mavov, Miranda Maverick, Macy Coisson, 20 to win 1500.
the the Imovov fight is the is is the dangerous one in that. Everything else that you have, I think, has a high probability of happening. It my my concern with with Imovov in his fight at all is that he does not have a second gear. He is one of those calm, cool, collected, even keel energy output guys all the time. Like he can be explosive, but it's in a short burst and then he's done. He cannot go. I'm going to, I'm going to lose this fight. I need to go killer instinct. He tried to do it in the Phil Hawes fight and was able to do so ever so briefly. And then Phil just negated it with very basic body control, body lock up against the cage. That's Ian Heinish's entire game is to use that giant Ninja Turtle like upper body of his. I hate it. That's why I hate it. It's so strange. And he wants to he wants to try to jab at range with that weird sideways Randy Couture jab and then get in there and push you up against the cage. Matt return, Matt return, punch you on the way up, Matt return. It's an it's an incredibly ugly style of fighting. The flip side of that is that if you can't do it effectively, you're not going to win any fights. And he wasn't able to do it against Kelvin Gastel. And then what happened? Kelvin beat him in the one of the most lopsided three-round fights we've ever seen. It was brutally uncompetitive. Imovov is essentially fighting a more talented Phil Hawes with less power in Ian Heinish. That's the, it, I love your parlay. That's the scary one. No, you could I actually mean, probably play it and just switch both sides of that play both sides of it. That's what you're here for Dale. I don't take that, uh, you know, offensive at all. I need, I need someone in here to check me sometimes, but I'm not saying I still might rock with Imovov, yeah. but let's hear what you got over there, sir. Let's have some fun. As far as locks go, um, I think, I think, hang on, let's do it. Am I good? Do you have battery-powered uh, headphones? Can you say something? Say something. Oh, wait. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. The first time you started talking, I could hear you. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't hear you guys. Gotcha. I lost connection. It was my fault. Go, go uh, on, yes, yes. I apologize. Yes, it was. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> we need a producer, Jake. Yeah, so um, as far as locks go, I've been corrected on her name. It's it's Chasson, but uh, I always went with Chasson, mostly because she's from Louisiana and Creole, French. It just made sense to me that it'd be Chasson instead of Chasson. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I think I think Macy Chasson's as, as close to a person as I'm willing to put a lock on. Um, Aspen Ladd, sure. Dangerous, hits hard, sure. Lateral movement, not good. Ground you game. You called her soft not particularly good her body is soft she's soft as a duck turd look at her she doesn't have a muscle on her she doesn't she doesn't and i'll, I'll continue to call her soft i i have no problem in that I, she just for a girl that hikes all the time and is a professional fighter uh you're unquestionably jiggly i'm calling her soft <laughs> so, all, right, all right keep going <laughs> i mean i'm not trying to body shame um i'm just talking about the aesthetics it's, a, it's sure. just aesthetically speaking right Macy is 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 wiry, right? And she's game like gamey and rangy and just she's going to present a lot of problems. And the and one of the other one of the issues that you have here is you have a Macy Chasson that wants what Aspen Lad has, 
Whereas Aspen Ladd is just trying to win a fight again, right? Like her management booked this fight against Macy because they believe it to be a winnable fight for her. Not because beating Macy does anything for her, because it doesn't. It's, it's not going to do anything for her other than getting a W. Macy looks at, uh, is looking at Aspen and saying, I want, I want that number beside your name. And I want what you have because beating you puts me one win away from being talked about for a title fight, especially if I can finish you in convincing fashion. So I'll take the momentum versus the injury. I'll take the activity versus the layoff. Um, and I'll do so at decent money here. I mean, it's what, what, do you know what the most recent odds are on it? It's got to be, we're it's looking be value at value city plus 165. I love that. Yeah. I love that. When you talk about a dog, like, what do we talk about? You want a dog that will fight for your money. Macy's not going to go over there and roll over. So you go out there and you fight and you put yourself in a position to win a fight. I don't care if I lose. I just want you to actually work for it. That's why it's hard to bet against Darren Elkins. He's going to put himself in a position to win every single fight. He's not going to win every fight, but he puts himself in a position to win it. Macy's going to put herself in a position to win the fight. She could possibly beat Aspen Ladd. I feel abundantly confident that she'll do so. Don't want to call her the lock of the night. I don't like using the L word, but damn it, if I don't feel very confident in Macy winning that fight. And at plus money, I feel like I'm robbing somebody. Again, persuasive as ever, man. James, <laughs> we got for for a lock. Well, I think just for I a lock. I mean, what what's your what's your tastiest play, man? Oh man, I haven't put together a parlay or anything, but I think I will. I'm convinced to do it this weekend. I'll put together another parlay. Um, last time I put together one, I went five for six. I missed on the Korean Zombie. Dan Ige and I went Dan Ige lost that's my fault fault. oh he he said the same thing I really thought he had it man I I really thought Dan Ige was gonna get it done um I I betrayed myself there I went against everything I stood for in picking Dan Ige I picked a fighter to win a fight after he had a kid I never do that and I said on our show oh it's not gonna matter for Dan Ige he's on a tear his wife rifled out a kid he fought zombie worst performance of his career it's science. Don't bet on fighters right after they have kids, man. Don't do it. At least males. Females rifle them out and they come out mom strength superheroes. So always bet on a chick after they shoot out a kid. But a dude, nah, man, don't do it. It makes you soft. I'm going to put that note down. I'm never going to do it again because it fucked me. I would have won $700 yeah. off 20 bucks if uh, I bet right on that one. Um, for a lock, I really am like Miranda Maverick against Macy Barber. I know Dale doesn't like to use lock word too much. I totally understand why, especially if we had a betting podcast, I probably would never use it. Um, well, the, the DM's coming back my way when the lock doesn't get, I am not prepared. I do think Miranda, like I was saying earlier, I just, I don't know how Macy wins this fight. And I think it's very unfortunate because I do want to root for Macy Barber because she's young and she's hungry. And I don't want to see someone who's 24 years old, go on a three fight losing kid at the highest level and, possibly have a very big career change in the future um I and just, a nickname uh, change yeah for sure for sure yeah 100 100 actually let me take this back my lock of the weekend is not it's not even an mma fight it's Paige van zandt beating rachel ostovich oh my god 110 percent. that's you're totally right that's a lock what night that's is that what night's pkfc uh, friday. friday Ooh. okay yeah, friday yep yeah Paige is gonna destroy rachel that is not close. They picked up Rachel because they're like, all right, we need Paige to get a win here. Who's someone she can probably beat up? Oh, Rachel Ostovich. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, 
honestly, I have nothing bad to say about Bare Knuckle because I, I wa- I've watched their last probably six events. They put out a high quality product and it's entertaining. I don't know if you've watched any of them, but the last one, the Tiago Alves, Yuli Diaz fight was one of the most entertaining fights of any sport, boxing, bare knuckle boxing, MMA I've ever seen. It's, it's Hagler Hearns, eight minutes of hell is Yuli Diaz versus Tiago Alves. And that's high praise. If you've ever watched Hagler Hearns, um, we, I'm going to put you guys through a ringer after this. Hagler Hearns. Do it. We're getting on YouTube after after this, and we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch Hagler versus Hearns. It's it. This is that. It was that. It was the bare knuckle equivalent of that. It was. Oh my gosh! It was such a good fight, fantastic fight. So anyway, um, bare knuckle. I have nothing bad to say about them. I think they're putting out a great product, and uh, yeah, Paige is gonna beat up Rachel Ostovich. That's my lock of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I forgot that fight was going on tomorrow. Throw her on your parlay. Just yeah. all of your parlays that you mentioned, Nate, just throw Paige Van Zandt on there. Just okay, get we, that added do, multiplier. Do we know what the odds are? She's got to be I, the favorite. I'm trying. I'm oh, looking I, on best fight odds. I can't find it. I think she's I think she's like in the minus 215, yeah. 225 range. Okay. But it's a uh, – oh, God. Who was uh, – because the lock you gave me, it was whoever was fighting Cindy Dandewalt last. Oh, yeah. Well, no. Oh, I, that's so, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, were, we were sitting in the – we're dragging this out long now. It doesn't matter. We're in garbage time, baby. Yeah, James and I go. are sitting in the hotel in Connecticut, yeah. and uh, we're flipping through the punch list thing, and you said something that, you know, again, I don't want to slander anybody, but that a certain sure. somebody was the worst MMA fighter in history. And yes. uh, I said, all right, you know, hey, Dale's <laughs> Dale's in the PFL game. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to trail this one. Absolutely hammered the nail on the head. <laughs> so is that he the same horrible. thing that's going on with this Ostapich fight? Because if it is, it's free money at this point. I don't want to say it's that bad, but. Okay. Bro, come on with Cindy Dandoy. Was I wrong? <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. I remember we were watching PFL in, in the hotel. And you're like, all right, this is the fight. This is what Dale was, was saying. And uh, immediately we're like, oh yeah, Dale, Dale's definitely correct. <laughs> she is, she's down. horrible. It's not good. It's not good. And here's what's crazy, man, is I, for all intents, I mean, Cindy's like a, a, a supposedly as far as women's MMA goes, she's a very res- respected person. Um, she's been around for a long time. I, I have no idea. I mean, she's apparently does a lot of things behind the scenes, you know, that makes women fighter like really yeah, respect her. You could be and, a great and, person and, you know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, Paige is a minus 300. So. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. You have to make that valuable somehow, I guess. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Throw her. Actually, you can take her and the chick that just beat her, Britton Hart, throw them on a parlay, be minus 150. Boom. Just take a little minus 150 play. <clears throat> get, 50, get that 50 cents on your dollar, baby. Yeah, Britton Hart's a little pissed off that she's not the main event. And honestly, like, yeah. She, You're not pretty enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look. Call it how it is, baby. Call it how it is. It's not, it's not objective. I'm not, it's literally just, she's not as well-spoken. She doesn't have the social media following. She's not as pretty. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a better fighter, right? The, the, the Verna Jean Girobas of the, of the world are never going to be superstars. Britton Hart, is ve- I'm sure she's a very nice lady, um, but she's just not as pretty as Paige Van Zandt. So they're never going to put her on the ticker. She's never going to be on the marquee. She was when she fought Paige, but outside of that, 
that's just it's not it's it's not in the cards for you it's statistically proven in all career fields whether it's fighting or not at uh attractive people make more money have more kids live longer do it's just it's the way nature designed it bro don't be mad adapt (laughs) i like it always call it how it is nothing wrong there that is what we're leaving the people with don't be mad adapt no bitching no complaining figure it out people there's a will there's a way um dale you want to you want to plug punch list real quick before we let you go yeah before i do that i just want to say thanks for having me on i know we've talked about this a lot we've kind of done some stuff in the past we did the watch party thing you know we, we need to get back to doing more collective collaborative things um this space is wide open and when you have like-minded hungry people that put out quality content on a consistent basis right what do we all talk about quality and consistency. If you can do those things, you're going to be successful. So finding people that have the drive and motivation that you guys do and put out the product that you guys do, not only do I appreciate it, but I want to be a part of it. So I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you continuing to support our show. Uh, I hope that you feel it's reciprocal. We try to do as much as we can for you guys as well. Um, Would love to do more in the future with you. So anytime you want to talk about fights, whether it's on Instagram live or here, dude, just hit me up. You got my number, just text me, call whatever, man. I'm always literally always down to talk about fist fights. There's no time outside of a meeting at work where I'm not down to talk about a fist fight. So um, I appreciate the opportunity. If you don't, if you're, if your people don't know who I am, hopefully you don't hate me too much. And if you do, that's fine. Uh, check us out everywhere at Punchless MMA. I mean, we we've done, we've done a really good job of taking over that name and space everywhere. So social media or anything in between Punchless MMA, um, new shows on tuesday nights and this week coming up we've got henry cejudo let's go that's right special I saw time post about that Spe- yeah special time so 7 30 eastern uh on our youtube channel so punchless mma we'll have henry cejudo on as far as i know cejudo has given up is giving us an unlimited time um when we spoke Thank to him he was like, do you guys want to record now or record later? And we were like, record later. And he's like, cool. I can give you guys as much time as you want later. So. That's amazing, man. Well, first of all, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Always. Oh, you and Trey are both always welcome. We love doing this. We love same thing, man. We love talking fights. We appreciate everything you guys do. You guys are consistent. You guys are always killing it. You're always putting out awesome content. You're always talking some shit, which we love to hear too. Because, I mean, you actually inspired, long story short, you inspired Nate and I to talk a little bit more shit than we were. Because at first, we were so concerned about being everybody's friend. And then I shot you that message at that time. We were getting a lot of backlash on the Kevin Holland thing. And you're like, dude, first of all, this is going to happen. Second of all, this means you're making good content. It means you're doing the right thing. It means you're making people curious. You're making people interested. And we've been doing that since. And, like, our YouTube hasn't picked up too much. But every time we post, like, a clip of something such as that, interaction is through the roof. And, and so, like, we appreciate that as well. Yeah. YouTube's a fickle bitch. I hate YouTube, if I'm being completely yeah. honest with you. I hate so it. so tough, bro. It's so tough. It's so tough. Um, I The only reason, honestly, the only reason why we do video is because what we record with, StreamYard, has a video and a live stream option. Okay. When it didn't, we didn't do video. Now that we it has that, that's the only reason why we do video. Our audio numbers are just stupid compared to our youtube viewership it is not financially like worth the time and effort to create video for us but people for whatever reason enjoy consuming content on youtube and they're looking for the links i mean 
it's a gift and a curse, right? So keep putting out the content, keep, keep ruffling feathers. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Honestly, the biggest hit that we ever had, I don't know if I ever told you guys or not. I know we're in garbage time and I'll stop talking. Um, we were welcome on welcome to garbage time. That's what it's welcome, about, man. Yeah. We were on the Russian state media, uh, for the Drew Dober interview after the Islam Makachev fight. Get the fuck out of here. I yeah, didn't so know that. I knew you so, got some backlash, but on the state media. On the state me on the state media, the RT, whatever, whatever RT S RT Sports. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Right. But they're the they're the uh, that's like the the body of because you know all the media there is government controlled. They used a clip of our show where uh, Drew was talking about Islam, and that that interview by and large because we've had Drew on the show a ton. That was like our most bullshitty, just shit talking, shooting the breeze amongst friends episode that we have, and that was what everybody's comment was. We're like, who are these two goons? talking to this guy they had no idea of the nuance of the conversation whatsoever it was like who are these two douchebags talking to him and why are they talking to him this way and it was like because we've talked to this guy a ton right mm -hmm. but you you just create the content you can't control how people consume it you can't control what their narrative of it is so be yourself you know trey says shit on our show that i will never say and i don't even talk like that outside of the show he says some crazy stuff and then he doesn't do even do it on purpose that's just the way that guy's wired but we shoot our show live. We don't edit anything. And we just have to, you got to live with it because you can't make anybody, you, I mean, hell, it's the internet. You can't make anybody happy, let alone everybody happy, man. It's brutal. So keep doing what you're doing. You guys are killing it. I freaking love your show. You're having a great hair day. Nate, your hoodie looks comfortable. I freaking love you guys, man. I just, you know, I'll support you any way I can. We love you, man. Thank you for being here. This is a lot of fun. Again, we'll, we'll definitely have to start doing this more we'll definitely have to start doing the collaborations more it's super helpful it helps branch out to more audience and everything like that and uh sorry go ahead Nate. well james you're just gonna have to bust in the door at trey's house i know so, i think i'm like 45 minutes from him. so you're so okay so you're in san diego then everybody, everybody uh, for tuning thank in thank you for listening 